It's not supposed to be something where we are worn out. In fact, it's a call and an invitation to enter into rest. That's really what it is. God, God, we, we have an invitation to enter into rest, to enter into the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And so there, there's a completed work that we have in Him. And so we are entering into that. So let me turn in my Bible with you. I'll get there to John chapter 14. We want to start there and read just a couple verses and then go to chapter 16. In John chapter 14, verse 12 said, Verily I say unto you, excuse me, let me skip down. In verse 16, verse 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you what? Another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither does it know him, but you will know him, for he will dwell with you and shall be in you. Verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And so you have Jesus saying, I'm going away, but I'm sending the comforter or the helper to you. And then he follows that up, says, I'm not leaving you alone. I'm coming to you. So he's not physically coming back, but he's coming because I, as I shared last week, when it comes to, to, to the to the uh, person of God, we believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? In, 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 a, in the God who has three persons in one. And so anytime you have uh, one, you have all in manifest present. Are you with me? And so the Bible says that Jesus was the full expression of God. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I am the Father of one. And we can't. And what happens so many times in our walk with God is we get God dissected into this three separately distinct entities. And we believe in the Father. We know that, that He is in heaven. He's orchestrated. We believe in the Son who's sitting by Him. And, and, and then we got this mystical aspect of God, Holy Spirit. So how do I relate to him? How do I relate to a spirit? Because a father relates to us as a, you know, we, we, we have that image and we have that relationship and, and, and we, we see a person. Jesus, we have the account of him as flesh and blood being here. So there's a, a tangible thing. But then we're saying that God is a spirit as well. So there's a manifestation of God by spirit, which is something that you can't, you know, you can't see. It doesn't have form. It's a living presence, but it's not there. So, so then how do I get into this? And, and so we're not trying to be weird about anything, but understanding God says, this is how I choose to express myself in by my spirit, because spirit isn't contained in form. And when you think of spirit, we, we, we always think that everything in, in the form, in the size and doing that, that, but God has this amazing bit that he can be all in you and all in me. So that is so crazy. That God says, I can be, all of me can be in you, and in you, and in you, and in you, that by my spirit, I can feel all of you. That is so awesome. And, and, then, and, and, and many times we think about it that, that, that with uh, the, the, a good comparison is, because we don't think about spirit, but Jesus, when he came to the tombs of Gadara there, the demon-possessed man came out, and, and, and the Bible said that he had a legion of demons. Now, legion, because we, people have said because 2,000 swine ran off the hill, he had 2,000 demons. But a legion is 6,000 men 
plus officers, about 6,800 people it w- w- made up the, the, the comprised a, a, a legion of soldiers. And so if you take in one man, if one man could be filled with 6,000 demons, so spirit doesn't have sight. Either that or he was a big guy. So spirit, as we think about it, doesn't have size. It has a presence, it has a power, and it has influence, but it doesn't have size. It doesn't take up space. You and I, we live in space and time. God doesn't live in space and time. Are you with me? That, that isn't where he lived. So Jesus says, I, I, I'm sending the comforter to you, and I will not leave you orphans, but I will come to you by my spirit. So Jesus is with us by his spirit. And the reason he is with us is to help. Amen? Go with me to John chapter 16. Beginning in verse 12, I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot hear them now. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. So how many believe the Holy Spirit has come? Okay. And so he's here to guide us into all truth. Now, I, I have to partner with him in that. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak. So now Jesus said, he's guiding us, but then he's going to speak. So the Holy Spirit has a voice. And he has a voice that is, it c- comes in an audible range that you can understand. And so t- today you're hearing my audible, tangible voice, but the Holy Spirit has a voice that speaks to your spirit. You have ears inside of you. And God speaks to your spirit, and, 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 and he brings, his voice brings an impression of truth, and it leads us, and it guides us. And so he has a voice that speaks to us, and reveals the things of Christ to us. And so look at this, and, and speak of himself, but he shall speak, he will, glo- he will show you things to come. Verse 14, he shall glorify me, so he shall receive in mind, he shall show it to you. So he's coming, he is speaking, and he's revealing. Amen? And I just need to learn how to partner with it. And all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he shall take of mine and shall show it to you. So if we back that up, Jesus says, everything the Father has belongs to me. I and the Father are one. So everything we have together, he is declaring, revealing, and showing to you. And so this is a life of, of, of openness with God. God's not trying to hide. People said over there, we, we've made God so mysterious, and yet he is so friendly and available. Amen? So look at the cover of your outline with me, and we'll just walk through this briefly and see where we get. My question is this, is it possible to miss the simplest truth of life in Christ and what it really means to be filled with the Spirit? There's so much more to this wonderful life in Christ than what we are experiencing. Hear me, to be born again. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Wow. Nicodemus goes, with his mind, he's trying, how do I do that? How do I go back into my mother's room? And, give and Jesus said, no, what's born of the flesh is what? Flesh. But what's born of the spirit it is spirit. He says, Nicodemus, you need to be born of the spirit. So to be born again is literally a brand new way of living, 
a brand new way of thinking and viewing everything in this life as we pass towards the promise of the life to come in Christ. With that in mind, is it possible to be completely unaware of how much God wants to have us to have the life that He ordained for us to have with Him? Sean was saying it in the offering this morning. God wants to bless, to make you a blessing. It's hard for us to believe that God is good sometimes. How many have ever heard people, well, if God's a God of love, why does He let this happen? Well, first and foremost, I never want to accuse God of doing bad. Because my theology is about this deep. God's good, the devil's bad, that's about it. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. The devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. Through the influence of the devil, curses have come. And man is living in a fallen world and a world that is under judgment and a world that has been cursed. And out of that, there are plagues and there are consequences of life and there are all kinds. But it's not the will of God. God redeems us and he brings us out. Somebody ought to say amen. And so with that, but, but it's hard for us to be aware of how much he wants us to have the life that he's ordained for us to have with him, in him and through him. Hear me, he is willing to do everything in his power to see that we receive the complete inheritance that he prepared for us in Christ. I believe that his desire towards us is greater than our desire towards him. That's my personal conviction. I look at my life and I read his word and I see God speaking greater desire towards me than I am living towards him. Me personally. I, you, you might be the saint of all saints. You might have Mother Christa walking in your shadow going, glory to God. I'm not there yet. When I read his word and I see what he's proclaiming to me, and his desire expressed towards me, and then I look at how I live towards him. I go, God, your desire to me is greater than my desire towards you, and yet you keep pouring your desire out, and you keep inviting me in. Regardless of how I'm at, you just keep reaching out and trying to draw me in and exercise your power on my behalf because you created me for you. Isn't that exciting? He created us for him. So the Holy Spirit, as our teacher, does an amazing thing in that he opens doors to us in our understanding of the word of God and reveals the treasure that is there. And, and, and I said it last week, and I, I know we're repeating, but when you go through the word, there'll be times that you've been praying. Listen to it here. I, I love it when he shines light upon passages that we have read, prayed, quoted, and stood on by faith for years, and then peels back the covering to reveal new depths of understanding to equip us to live victoriously for Christ in this life. Or the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, I'm sending him as a comforter to you. I'm sending him as a helper to you. He's going to take the things of God. He's going to declare them to you. So while we're, with all of our effort to try to figure it out, sometimes if we just sit down and we just open the word and, 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 and we just listen, he shows you things. It's powerful. Jesus said, and, and we just stop, stop and listen to what he said. Verily, verily, truly, truly, assuredly, most assuredly, I say to you, it's to your advantage that I go away. Because right now there's things you can't hear. I have so much I want to say to you, and to you but I can't unless I go away. But if I go, I will send him to you 
and he will make all of this known to you. So if I have a knowledge deficit in God, for me personally, I bring it back to my lack in knowing him is a lack of encounter with him by the Spirit. I just go, Holy Spirit, teach me, show me something. And I'm always made over all these years studying, and I go, and I go, oh, wow. Why didn't you see that before? That is so clear. How could you have missed that? And then you've all, you've all studied, and you've read your Bible, and then all of a sudden you go, wow. Then that means that, and then next thing you know, you're going, and that means that, and, and, and you go, wow. And you're wowing over something that's been there in your hand the whole time. And he just all of a sudden peeled something back. It's kind of like he goes, hey, check it out. And he goes, think that's cool? Check this out. That'll, look at this. You go, wow. That's amazing. And they go, could I do that? Well, yeah, I didn't show it to you to tease you. I show it to to declare it to you. This is yours. This is what you're a part. This is your inheritance. This is what you've been made a partaker of. Amen? So watch it. So think about it. I often wonder what would happen in my life if I truly understood how much God wants to partner with us by his spirit. If we just got him to the Lord, Lord. I'm with you. Hook, I'm, I'm just going to walk with you today. Be led by you. What if we really allowed the Holy Spirit to be my helper? What if I let him do that? To be my teacher, my comforter, my God. What if I really allowed him to lead my life? I said, God, I, I'm, I'm done planning. I'm going to follow your lead. I believe that your lead will produce the best results for my life. Amen. And, 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 and I don't know about you, like I said earlier, when I read about Paul's handkerchiefs and aprons or doing another thing, when I read the Bible like that, I don't like feeling excluded. How many have ever been someplace and you just felt like people were, that you were around but the, and, and you were invited to the party, you were invited to the event, you're there, but you just feel like you're a ward on a frog's butt. You're just stuck out there, and, and, and people, you're, you're there, and they can't get rid of you, but they don't want to have anything to do with you. Hello? Until you're there. And so when it comes to God, you should never feel excluded. God didn't invite you into his family. He doesn't invite you into his presence. So you have to stand up and read about the great things he's doing through everybody else, but none of this is for you. And so I get mad, I get a little, a little touchy when people tell me, when I read my Bible, say, oh yeah, that was them, but that's not for us today. I said, well, what's up with that? He is no respecter of person, and if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, let me just give you a Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. God said, he says, I'm the Lord thy God, I change not. Malachi chapter 3. I'm the Lord your God, I do not change. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, so the Father and the Son, we allow them not to change. But with the Holy Spirit, we say, oh, he's changed. 
But wait a minute, God the Father, God the Son, and God, they're the same. You can't change one without changing all three. And so if he hasn't changed, if Jesus is the same, then Jesus says, I'm not leaving you comfort. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you, and I am coming to you. I can't receive the Holy Spirit and say he came, and then say that he's not the same if he's the Spirit of Christ. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? And I know this is Christianity 101, but we should be seeing the fulfillment of it in our lives. Amen. Now watch this. So it's easy to miss the key of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in that Jesus said he is our helper. The one who is in us, with us, and upon us to help. Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 27. Look there. Just skip down a little bit. It's there in the italicized part, the lighter part. Likewise, the Spirit also what? Also what? Likewise, the Spirit also helps. So when we come to prayer and we're thinking about this, I'm just talking about that God wants to help your life, your walk. Come on, if we're to invite somebody, have you accepted Christ? Have you received Jesus as your Savior? Have you been born again? Well, what are we being invited into? If you're here today and you don't know the Lord and we invite you to get saved, what are we inviting you into? We're inviting you into this relationship with the God who loves you and is here to help you with life. Amen. And has redeemed you and brought you out. So the Spirit also helps us in our what? Weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. How many like to know you're praying the will of God? If, if, you, if you ask somebody to pray, if you needed prayer and you went up to a friend, said, hey, would you pray for me? And I need you to pray God's will for my life. Wow, that's kind of heavy to lay on me. He come up and say, Pastor, pray God's will for my life. Wow. I got nothing. I got nothing. So in my weakness, I have a helper. In my weakness, in my inability, there's one who will help me in my weakness when it comes to prayer. Jesus says, I'm sending you a helper, and he's coming to you. Now, write this down in your notes there on, on the inside somewhere. If you have a pen, write it down. Borrow a neighbor's pen. The lie of the devil is to get you to believe what he knows is not true. The devil's lie, his deception, is for you and I to believe what he knows is not true. He knows that the Holy Spirit is co-equal with the Father. And if God never changes, and Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he wants you to believe that the Holy Spirit has changed when he hasn't changed. He wants you to believe that the things of the Spirit were done by the apostles in the book of Acts, but you're just a spectator, and you get to read about that. You don't get to participate. You're invited to the party, but you're really not welcome to enter in. 
That's the lie that he knows is not true, but he wants you to believe. He wants you to believe that you're isolated, that you're alone, that you don't have power, that you don't have any help, that you're in this all by yourself. You have to live in this desperate posture before God. When is God going to come through? Instead of knowing, wait a minute, I am not alone. I can come before the throne of grace. I can find grace and mercy in my time of need. And so I have an invitation. And as I illustrated to you last week, God is sitting on the throne. The Son is at His right hand interceding for you. And the Holy Spirit is willing to pray through you to get to you what God ordained for you. And so then it changes everything because he says, I am here to help. I'm not leaving you. I'm sending you help. But if I never use help, and I illustrate last year, I picked up the monitor. I'm carrying it all around and I'm going, hey, and, and, and Mark, don't do it again. Okay. And so, but you carry that around and we've met people who are carrying stuff and you come up, they're loaded down with stuff. You know, they're kind of walking in the house. They're walking in. Can I help? Can I get the door? No, I got it. Told you. Okay, we, we could have done that a lot easier with some help. Amen? And so we, we go through our Christian life like that, and we think God has given us this to weight us down, to burden us down, and somehow if we're really struggling, we're spiritual. I'm under all these ways. I'm just, I'm, glory to God. Wait a minute. My Bible says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So the kingdom is righteousness, which I can't produce in myself. He produced in me. Peace, which I can't generate for myself, he gives to me. Jesus says, my peace I give to you. So he gives that to me. And then joy, which is a fruit of the Spirit. So righteousness, the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Not, glory to God. Amen. See, what's happened is, how many remember the Lord of the Rings? We've become the little demon golem, yeah. We've got the ring of power, but it's morphed us into something weird. Because we thought it was something else, and so now we're all, Aah! and we get in church, and my precious, my precious, my precious. <laughs> but wait a minute, you're weird. And people are afraid if they come here, they're going to turn into my precious, my precious. My. <laughs> but watch. <laughs> yeah. So he helps. He helps. And he prays through it. Listen, the Holy Spirit, and, and, and I shared it last week. The Holy Spirit comes. And Jesus says, go and tarry in Jerusalem. Don't go until you receive power. Go tarry until you receive power. Wait for the power. Don't go in your strength. God never sent us to go in our strength. He doesn't ask you to live in your strength. He doesn't ask you to pray in your strength. He says, at my throne is grace and mercy and help.
And if you will believe, I will supply. Amen? And so the problem is, is that to be spiritual, you have to be able to not be natural. And we want the spiritual to be natural. Because the things of God are unnatural. To pray in the Spirit is an unnatural. To let the Holy Spirit pray through you is not natural. It is supernatural. It is a spiritual thing for God to pray through you. And I illustrated it last week when I talked about the Holy Spirit driving. You get in your car and your car is your life and you go out to get in your day and you go out to get in your car. If you leave here to go home and you go to get in the driver's seat and there's somebody sitting there going, can I drive you home? No, thank you. I'll handle it myself. And it's somebody you know, trust, could be, you know, maybe, who, who knows. How many know, uh, uh, well, in, in, for me, I usually drive. But if we went to go home and Susan in the driver's seat, she goes, honey, I'll drive. That's okay, I got it. I always drive. Well, I'll drive and you could rest today. No, I got it. Amen. And, and I share with Eli. I go fish with Eli. We're driving up in the morning. And I'm going, hey, dude, it's 530. You're young. I'm old. I should sleep. You should drive. So I said, man, you're driving home. And like I said, I, he's never driven my truck. I don't know anything about it. I didn't, you know, I'd driven very far. He drove me from here over to, to there or just past the gym and, and that. and gave me a little short ride. So I don't know. It was in his car. It wasn't in my truck. And so it's all good. But I, so when we got ready to leave from going fishing, I just said, here, you're driving. I wasn't kidding. You're driving. Get in. And so when I got in, then I just entered into the place of rest. I said, I'm going to talk to you till I pass out, which won't be long. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. We caught fish. <sighs> and, and I didn't have to worry about it. I let him drive. I didn't have to wake up. Are you going to turn up here? You know we're supposed to turn up here, don't you? I, I think you should. Should you put your blinker on now? Do you have your blinker on? Do you want to turn? No, he, he knows the way. He's been there lots of times. He can do this. So I, my, my responsibility is to trust him and to let him. Acts chapter 2, verse 4, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, it said that the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they all began to speak as the Spirit gave them utterance. So Jesus said that the Holy Spirit came, and he come, and he's willing to give you an utterance. But wait a minute, for him to speak or to take over the driver's seat of your prayer. Paul said in Romans, he says, hey, the Holy Spirit will help us because he'll make intercession through us with groaning. And the word groaning there means inarticulate speech or speech not known to you. And so he prays in, a langu- in the language of the Spirit. Paul later prayed in first, or, or talked about in 1 Corinthians 13. He says, if I pray in the tongues of men and angels... How many know when the angels get together, they're not signing? There there is a language in heaven. There is the language of heaven. And and so there's a language of heaven. Though I speak with the language of heaven or the language of men, my spirit prays. 
And Paul says, if my spirit prays, then my mind is unfruitful. And so my spirit can pray. And pray in the spirit. Pray with the spirit. Let the spirit make intercession. But to do that, I have to enter into rest and let him pray. I have to let him help. Now watch this. The lie of the devil is to get you believe what he knows, to, to get to believe that what he knows is true is not true. To get you to believe that it's not true. And so when it comes to this area of help in prayer, there's people who don't think that tongues is for today or the gifts or the ministry of the Holy Spirit is for today. And the devil goes, that is awesome because I've gotten you to believe what I know is not true. And so I built all this hype around it. I've created all this fear around it. And all this mysticism around it. And I don't have time this morning with everything we've done to go through this. Next week we're just going to break it down. We'll walk through Paul. It's amazing that the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, he says this, And God set in the church. How many believe we're still the church today? We call it, people say, what church do you go to? Well, I go to a church named here. It's a body of believers that gather in a certain location. We call that the church, and that's what Jesus called the church, the assembling, how when you come together, create a habitation with God and the Spirit. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. We're the body of Christ. And so Paul says, God said in the church, and the first thing he put in there was apostles, 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And then he put in prophets. And then thirdly, teachers. Then after that, miracles. And then gifts of healing. And then helps and administration. And lastly, it says diverse tongues. Diversities of languages and, and tongues. And, and so as a gift. But God set those in the church. Well, that's not for today. All that stuff ended with the apostles. Well, man, he put apostles in. Just because one died, it doesn't mean there will never be another. Because if the apostles died in Acts chapter 4, then we have to throw... See, listen, if the apostles died, and there's no more apostles or prophets today, then you can't have pastors, teachers, and evangelists either. Because you can't just go, okay, when Jesus, Ephesians 4, when he ascended, he gave gifts unto men. A fivefold man for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. So when we say apostles are gone and prophets are gone, but somehow miraculously... Pastors and teachers and evangelists survived. And so the early church needed a five-fold ministry, but somehow we can operate on a three-legged horse. And we're supposed to bring in the end times? I'm like, dude, we need more, we need more help at the end than they needed at the beginning. I'm like, go give us a double portion here. Amen? Bill, you come to the keyboard. Amazing thing that happens. I'm going to just finish with this thought. We're able to pray through grace in the Holy Spirit. Look at your outline here. Skip down with me. Praying by and through grace in the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4 says that we come to the throne of grace and find mercy. And grace to help in time of need. We're saved by grace. God's power expended on our behalf to do what we are unable to do for ourselves. How many know you got saved by the power of God released on your behalf, doing for you what you can't do for yourself? Now think about that. That's grace. So we are able to come to the throne of grace and find grace to help. 
So when Paul says we are weak in prayer, we come to the throne of grace and we can find help for prayer. The Holy Spirit is there to help. The same grace works in our prayer life. By grace and through faith, Holy Spirit helps us to pray. We are saved by grace through faith. We can pray by grace through faith. Listen to Ephesians 2.10. Just read through this with me. This could be applied to our prayer life as well. But God who is rich in mercy, He loved us so much. How many believe God loves you? He loved you so much. That even though we were spiritually dead and doomed by our sins, He gave us back our lives again when He raised Christ from the dead. Only by His undeserved favor have we ever been saved. And lifted us up. Wow. From the grave into glory along with Christ. Where we sit with Him in the heavenly realm, all because of what Jesus did. Now why? Here's this great God that loves you and me, and He saved us all on it. We, we didn't do anything. We just go, by, by grace, this is His grace, everything He just said, that's His grace working on your behalf and on mine, Him helping us, saving us. And then by faith, I believe in the work of His grace. And so when it comes to prayer, he says, here's all this help I have for you when it comes to prayer. So by faith, I believe in the work of grace when it comes to prayer. That if God through Christ could save me, that God through the Holy Spirit could enable me to pray and then to have my prayer. Now watch this. The effectual, James 1, uh, 5 says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Was anybody in here able to make yourself righteous? We just read that Jesus did it for He made us righteous. But so he makes us righteous so we can pray. And then when we pray by his grace through faith, much power is made available. No believer should ever feel that they have no power when they pray because you have a helper. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now watch this. And he lifted us up all because of what Jesus did. And now you can always point to us as examples of how very, very rich His kindness is, as shown in all He has done for us through Jesus Christ. Because of His kindness, you have been saved through grace. You have been saved through trusting in Christ. And even trusting is not of yourself. It is a gift from God. God gives, listen, Romans chapter 12 and verse 3 says that God has given to every man the measure of faith. Can, can you get this picture this morning? How much, that's what I said. God is so desirous to get his life to us if we just believed it. He says, here's what I, I'm going to save you and I'm going to do it by grace. I'm going to do it by my power. And all I ask, to just ask you to do is to believe by faith. And so what I'll do, I'll give you the faith to believe. This is a no-lose situation. God goes. <laughs> and we go, I can't be that easy. Surely I have to do something. Surely I have to somewhere. Because all of our life, we're taught to do to be accepted. 
You're taught performance. And then if I find out it's not about performing. It's about believing in His great love. Believing that He did everything. He goes, hey, if I explained it to you, you wouldn't get it. But I had to create you and put you here and put man in the garden and let the devil come in there and let things go the way they go. There's a part of my plan that we, of his plan of redemption, that we won't understand until we get there. That's why he only's given us enough to believe in that he loves us and that we will trust him and receive in his love and walk in his love. Get out of his business. Too many books have been written about the business of God. And Jesus said, Jesus said to his disciples, it is none of your business. People, a, a lot of the pro, I, I love John and prophecy, he does a great job, but he doesn't get in God's business. He just tells you, this is what's going on, and this is how it correlates with what's been said. That's all you need to know. This has been said, this is happening, and these things correlate together. And so if I was you, I would live ready. That's about it. Amen? But they said, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom this time? Jesus said, that's not for you to know. What you need to know is you're going to receive power. And with that power, you're going to go and you're going to tell people how amazingly my love has saved you. That you've encountered my grace. And my grace is for every person you know. And I'm giving you power and a boldness to be able to tell them about me. Amen? And to believe, the same faith I gave you to believe, I've put in them to believe. I've given you the measure of faith to believe. So we believe, not even by ourselves. Finishing, I know, watch. It too is the gift of God, verse 9. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can take any credit for it. Look at this. It is God himself who made us what we are and given us new lives from Christ. And long ages ago, he planned that we should spend these lives in helping others. Pastor, I just, I don't feel like I have the ability, the strength, life is pulling on me. If you're weighted down, then there's a God who helps. If you're too burdened to pray, there's a God who helps. If you don't know how to do it, there's a God who God didn't ask you to do it in your strength. He asked you to let Him be your help. You young men that want to preach, this is called the anointing. Learning to live. Believers were called to live your life by the anointing. The Spirit of God is upon... Listen, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord, He has anointed me too. He has empowered me too. So the invitation of God, let me help. I will make you, I created you for me, for my fellowship to walk with me. And I will help you. I will make it happen if you just believe. It's like the dad said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. The Lord says, okay, here, have some faith. I give you faith. Okay, God. All I do, I believe, I try. I don't, I, it, nothing said understand. That's what I mean. We sink the, spirit, the spiritual into the natural. I mean, I want to understand how it works. You don't understand. You believe and you agree. And it works. Amen. Bow your heads to me. Heavenly Father, I thank you today. God, you so graciously want to help every person in here. Jesus, you stood and you addressed the multitudes. And you said, 
Come unto me, all you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your soul. I will give you rest in your mind, your will, and your emotions. For my burden is easy and my yoke is light. And in every area of your life, God has rest for your life. He just invites you, come and learn of me. Well, how can I find him? I will send the helper to you. He will tell you. You can't hear me because you're not born of the Spirit yet. But He's going to be in you. And He's going to be with you. And He's going to be upon you. My help, my Spirit, my presence in your life. I'm coming to you. My heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Maybe you're here today. And you've been to church and the altar call has been given to come to Christ. To give your life. To be born again. But you've never accepted God's invitation for help. And today you just say, Pastor, please pray for me. I need help. I need to be born again. I want to give my life to Christ and receive His life for me. Right here today. I have no more excuses, no more defenses. I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. My heads are bowed. If that's you, just raise your hand. I'd pray with you right now. Anybody at all? Amen. 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 Anybody else? Thank you, young men. You raise your hands. I'm going to ask you to do one thing. I should come up here and just kneel right here at this altar. God does this amazing thing. He meets you at an altar. An altar is an amazing place. It's a place where you come and you lay your life upon there. And you give yourself to God. And He gives His life back to you. He allows you to be consumed and He gives your life back in resurrection. Just come and find that place of prayer. Just kneel and say, Lord, I'm giving you my life. I trust you. I trust you. I'm giving my life to you right now, Lord. I trust you. You said to come to you. Give my life to you that you would give your life to me. Let's all pray this right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come. I believe that you love me. Gave your life for me. So today, I believe and I receive the life you have for me. Jesus, this is my life. I lay it down. I allow you to receive my life. My sacrifice to you. Fill me with your life. Fill me with your spirit. I need your help. I'll not walk another day in my strength or my power. From this day on, I'll live by faith in your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Just keep praying right there at that altar. If you're here right now, and you just are weighted down, just take a moment. And just step out of the weight and just find a place of prayer. The lie of the devil is the same for the altar. He wants you to believe. To not believe what he knows is true. The truth is that God meets you at an altar. There's something so powerful about kneeling before God and praying. 
saying, God, I give this burden to you. Jesus says, come unto me, ye that are burdened and heavy laden. If you read your Bible, you find that every time God, man approached God at an altar, God did great things for their life. There's some of you here, you just have such great weight upon your life. And if we asked you, would you need some help? You'd say, yes, I do. Well, the Holy Spirit's asking you right now, do you need some help? He's your helper. I can agree with you. I can pray with you. But he's your helper. Just go to the source. You have the opportunity right now. I feel like the Lord's speaking to something. Just move right now. Don't carry weights that you could let go of. Things that you could lay down. God, I lay this down. The Bible says, cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. That's you. Just, just move. Like me, I could care less. See, I care less what people think about me. That's why I preach the way I do. Who cares what people think? Who cares? I'll be impressed by what people think. Care about what God says. He's calling to you. He said, hey, could I help? Would you let me help? You want to carry that? Okay. You could do that. That's not what I have for you. You could have my peace. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what I have for you. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Somebody here, you've been under self-condemnation. You've been under a weight of just... Self-guilt and burden, putting yourself down. Self-ascribed shame. Righteousness. Can't save yourself. It's His grace by faith. He washes you with His blood. Redeemed you with His life. Just let it go. Receive it by faith. Father, today I thank You. You are so gracious in our lives. Father, thank You for gracing us today. Father, thank you for men of God, men of courage, men of boldness, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we give our lives to you, Father. We give our lives to you. Help. Help, Father. Help. Help, God. Thank you for the faith to believe, Father. Thank you for the faith to believe. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, you cleanse us. You restore us. You renew us. You give us new life. New life. New hope, new vision. We don't have to think the old way. We don't have to live the old way. We're not bound by the old. Lord, today we can die and be raised in newness of life. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. God, you are so... ...was not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. That's for you and I. Your life doesn't have to be by your might or your power, but by His Spirit, if you'll let God help. Father, I thank you. I pray, Lord, for everyone.
Lord, Paul told the church at Ephesus that you chose us. You chose us from the beginning. And then you redeemed us through your Son. And then you sealed us by your Spirit. And then he prayed for them that the eyes of their understanding would be opened. So, Father, I pray for everyone in this building this morning that they would know that you have loved them and redeemed them and purposed to do so in Christ before the foundation of the world. And through your Son, you have redeemed them. And by your Spirit, you have sealed them. Now, Father, let them see it and believe it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, God bless you. Have a blessed, blessed afternoon. We'll be back Tuesday night for service. Come join us. If you want to go with me, guys, tonight, see me after service. We'll go down to the cave and eat man food and do stuff.